Good morning, everyone. Um, as you know, I'm, I'm a guest speaker here from Calvary Chapel, Okinawa. Um, and I just want to tell just a, a, a little bit about myself before I begin. begin. Um, as Pastor Glenn said, uh, I am married. Uh, I've been married for 20, 26 years in December. 26 years in December. I have three kids. Actually, they're adults. A uh, 25-year-old daughter, a 23-year-old son, and an 18-year-old son. And actually, actually, I have a grandson also, who actually is going to be turning one next week. So, praise the Lord. Um, as Pastor Glenn said, I, I served in the Air Force for 25 years. I ended up retiring in 2018, and now I serve at Calvary Chapel, Okinawa, um, and when we were stationed there in Okinawa in the military, that's when we were so blessed to do life together with Glenn and Farah and the boys, which was Caleb, Jonah, and Ethan. Um, didn't have the other two, but um, so blessed by them. Um, as, as Pastor Glenn said, um, we got saved there. And um, their family just was that salt and light that God calls us to be. And they're just such a blessing um, them coming alongside us, just fostering that relationship with Jesus. So blessed by you guys. And we love you guys, definitely. <clears throat> so when I was asked if I was willing to share with Pastor Glenn, I was not like the children's ministry. Yes, let's go. <laughs> My first thought was, nope, not doing it. Then I prayed, I prayed, I prayed. And then my second thought was, nope, I'm not doing it. <laughs> getting in front of people, preaching God's word um, in front of this pulpit. Um, I'm not a pastor. I love the Lord. Um, and I barely can do announcements at Calvary Chapel, Okinawa. So you know what? Let's just end in prayer now. <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Um, uh, it is an honor and a blessing to be here in Iwakuni, Calvary Chapel, Iwakuni, um, and having the opportunity to share God's word which all you guys know, it's his word, not mine. <clears throat> this morning, we're actually going to be in Matthew chapter 5. If you have your Bibles, um, you can kind of flip through there, or your electronic devices, swipe left, right, up, down. <clears throat> um, before, we're actually going to be in Matthew 5, verses 13 and 16, or through 16. Um, but before we get started, I just want to kind of set the scene. Um, Jesus just got done healing a bunch of people, the multitudes, and then he was looking at them. Then he went up to the mountains, he sat down, and he started teaching his disciples. Jesus spoke to them and gave them just a lowdown how to live their lives and conduct themselves as citizens of his kingdom in this world, which we know that portion is called, um, we call it the Beatitudes. Uh, he actually tells them, Blessed are the poor in spirit, those, those who mourn, who are meek, those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, are merciful, pure in heart, peacemakers, to rejoice in undeserved persecution, for great is your reward in heaven. And he just, just tells us, you know, our life is characterized, as believers, our life is characterized like this. Um, our life is 
set apart, distinctive, and influential. So before we read our passage, if you mind standing in honor of God's word. Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16. You are the salt of the earth, but if salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It is then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men. You are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Let's pray. Father God, again, we thank you for this beautiful morning. Thank you for just allowing us to be here freely to worship you, to be in your word. I pray that you would just speak to us individually. Um, and we're here just, just for you. And uh, I just want to lift up what's going on in, in Israel. You are in control, Lord. Um, we know that you, you love them <laughs> so much more, and you, you, you will protect. We pray that you just protect the people there. Um, be the be with the people who are um, uh, just there, and just, uh, even though it's a just a bad thing that's happening, Lord. Um, we know in your control. Again, we thank you for your goodness and your love, and I pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. So this morning, we're actually going to kind of go back and forth in these verses. Um, there's so much to unpack in here. Um, just Lord willing, it will be easy for us to, for you guys to follow um, and understand. <clears throat> if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. If you're not a believer or not sure, I pray that today would be the day. In this chapter, Jesus was preaching to the disciples in the mountain, but he also, before then, he had his eyes on the the multitude. May the Lord speak to us this morning. First part of verse 13, it says, You are the salt of the earth. Some of you guys might be thinking, That is easy. I can be salty all day. One definition of salty is tough, Aggressive, angry, and resentful. There are more than enough people in this world who are like this. I know I can be like this at times, but this isn't what Jesus is talking about. I don't believe Jesus is talking about the salt that gets that bad rap, blamed for hypertension, obesity, heart disease, or high blood pressure. Another definition of salty is tasting of containing or preserved with salt. This is what Jesus is talking about. Back then, about 2,000 years ago, salt was an essential and valuable commodity. It was said a good and faithful man, a good and faithful man was said to be worth his salt. Salary comes from the Latin word salarium, which has the root word sal or salt. It is said in ancient times, the Roman soldiers were allotted money to buy salt 
or even was paid by salt. So we know that it was expensive and an essential commodity. Could you imagine today, uh, the first of the month, you hear this truck backing up, beep, 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 then you just go out there, what is this noise? Then some guy comes out with a, and looks at you thought, hey, Tyler, great news. The government isn't shutting down. You are getting paid. And he just gives you a bag of salt. You are worth it. Definitely would be some salty people. While Jesus was speaking to his disciples on the mountain, they knew the value of salt and how important it was. Let me suggest to you three things on how Jesus refers to us as salt. And this is where we actually get our our first point. We are salt that preserves and adds flavor, causing others to hunger and thirst for God. The three is actually the salt that preserves, slow down, rotting, and decay, salt that adds flavor, and the salt that creates thirst. So we know back then, salt was mainly used as a preservative. Its primary use was to stop or slow down rotting, decaying, or the decaying process before the days of freezers and refrigerators and coolers and ice. um, They would rub their meat and fish with salt. Why are we the salt of the earth? Jesus tells us that heaven and earth will pass away, but my words by no means will pass away. You can read that. It's Matthew, Mark, and Luke. It actually records for us. God desires everyone to get saved. Until then, he puts us on this earth to preserve it. The earth is decaying and rotting. I don't have to tell you what's going on in this world. You know what's going on. You see it all over the news. People are calling bad, good, and good, bad. Isaiah 50, 20 says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Who puts darkness for light and light for darkness. Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Doesn't that sound like the world today? Corruption, deception, hatred, violence, sexual immorality, identifying as a male, a female, a dog, a cat. The world is getting bad. We know it won't get any better, but we have comfort. We know that the Lord is in control. Try not to be hard, hearted or resentful rather be soft hearted and prayful have you ever smelled rotting meat it stinks it reeks you can smell it a mile away but we can't blame that rotting flesh that is what it, it does when it's left out it wasn't rubbed with salt to preserve it it is so easy to become harsh blaming, frustrated over the rotten society today, but it's doing what comes naturally. Are they wrong? Probably. But remember, we are all sinners saved by God's grace. Believers in Jesus Christ should have a preserving influence on this earth. Is our lives demonstrating the difference that Jesus Christ has made 
and which he continues to do. Jesus applies us to this earth earth to hinder, slow down, and decay the rotting. If God didn't put us on this earth, it would be a totally rotten place. Just don't get me wrong. It, it is still rotting, but by God's grace, he allows anyone and everyone to get saved. To be effective, we must display, seek and display Jesus. We can never affect the world for Jesus by becoming the world. Just a question. Is our lives a preserving influence for Jesus? Actually, last night, the other night, um, Pastor Glenn was actually looking in his little protein bar about natural flavors. So I figured, hey, I should look up. Is salt a natural flavor? It is not. Natural salt is listed as, anyone guess? Salt. (laughs) But doesn't salt make everything taste so much better? It's probably because it's sodium. When I grow steak, I put salt all over it. Sometimes food is dull, tasteless, or flat. But if we sprinkle a little salt, it brings out that flavor. It makes it even better. When you eat something that is so good and flavorful, what do you tend to do? You want it more. I know we were talking about Chick-fil-A, Popeyes the other night. It just makes you want more. I wrestled in high school. Um, I don't know if you guys know anything about wrestling, but there's weight classes, and people try to lose weight to go down in weight. Say it's um, to get an advantage, but it's funny because everybody's doing it. Um, But I remember them saying, hey, you need to just eat plain chicken. Boil it and eat it. So I did it. Did I like it? No, it tasted bad. Do I want it again? Nope. Now I get my chickens from Popeye's. Crispy seasoned skin. Sodium. Sorry. It's just, just another tasteless joke. We add flavor to life on this earth. We should be flavorful people. The world is pretty flat and dull. We add flavor to it. People are to see our lives as salt and something that attracts them toward the meal because we bring it out. We bring out the real flavor as believers in Jesus. As salt makes food taste better, followers of Jesus Christ are to influence this sinful world for the, for the kingdom of God. One pastor said, we are to be kingdom condiments and sanctified seasoning. I like that. We are to add godly flavor to this world. Attracts them toward the meal because we are bringing out the real flavor of Jesus. To be the salt of the earth that Christ calls us to be, we must live our lives for God, not for this world. We are salt of the earth. We live for the purpose of God in order to make a difference in this world. Let your speech always be with grace, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each one. 
Colossians 4.6. Are you the salt that adds flavor? If salt is doing its job, it also creates a thirst. The world lives in a spiritual dehydration. We come along and create the thirst for people to want to know who God is. Just like that big thing of popcorn you get when you go to the movies. All that saltiness. That's the reason why those drinks cost like $100. Because they know you buy those drinks, you're so thirsty. We ought to live our lives in such a way that we cause people to become thirsty for the living God. Matthew 5, 6. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. Do we create a thirst for Jesus? Our second point. Don't be saviorless. Salt, be different. Again, let's look back at chapter... Oh, let's look back at the rest of um, verse 3. <clears throat> but if salt loses its flavor or saltiness, how shall it be seasoned? Is it then good for nothing but to be thrown out and trampled underfoot of men? This is a warning not to be saviorless salt and a calling to be different. Where salt is decaying, we're salt in a decaying place and that shows that we are different. Salt makes up its saltiness. Excuse me. Salt must keep its saltiness to be of any value. When it is not good salt, it is trampled underfoot. In the same way, many believers lose their flavor and become good for nothing. If you're partying up, cruising, or cursing, participating in ungodly things, we become like the world. There is no difference. God's word tells us to be different from the world. We're salt in a decaying place. We add flavor. We create and thirst for Jesus. We are different. We believe in our Savior, Jesus Christ. Romans 12, verses 1 through 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will for God. Again, don't be saviorless salt. Be different. This brings us to point three. We are the light that can't be hidden. Let's look at verses 14 through 15. You are the light of the world, a city or town that is seen, that is set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. Now Jesus is saying that we are the light of the world. He also mentions a city and a house. Jesus specifically points these places out. World, we know the world is everywhere. It's where we go when we travel. 
Um, I know being here in Japan, some people take vacations to other places, drive up to northern Japan. Even in social media, we are that light on the world from Facebook to Instagram to MySpace. <laughs> showing how old I am. <clears throat> um, but also, he points out city, where we live, our neighborhood, our community, workplace, our school. Uh, also, here you can put church. Our house, I suggest to you, he's talking about our family. I would include our family that who is not living with us, or even our family in Christ. Our light shines in all these places. We should equally shine in all three places. We can't be living our lives differently in each place, doing things we shouldn't be doing in our city. You know what they are, trying to cover the light, then coming home to our house, loving our family, praying with them, sharing Jesus. People see, God knows. Or being the light, shining Jesus at your workplace, school, here at church, and then coming home, neglecting our family, watching things we shouldn't be watching, being lazy, just not investing and sharing Jesus with them. It matters how we lead our families. This was actually really convicting for me. I have allowed others to invest in my family. I would say more than I do. I praise God that it was actually godly men and women. It is easy to do in the church. They go to children's ministry. They go to youth Bible studies, but I thank the Lord that my, my family has that relationship with the Lord. Um, and you know what? It's never too late. <clears throat> Don't go out in the world shining your light, then go home and act like a fool and try to hide your light under a basket. No matter how much we may try to suppress our light, it can't be done. Our light cannot be hidden. If you are a believer in Jesus, people know. Everyone may not know, but people know. Are we perfect? Definitely not. But we are made perfect through Jesus. May we have the light always shining. Don't try to dim, suppress, or even worse, put it under a basket. Be the light equally in the world, city, and house. A few other things come to my mind when I think of light. One of them is lighthouse. We know what a lighthouse does. It guides um, the ships in and out of the harbors, warns mariners and boat captains of the dangers, shallow and rocky coasts. Flashlights. In Okinawa, we have typhoons. So we're like, hey, everyone should have a flashlight. Even though I don't know if everybody does have a flashlight because we, everybody uses their phones now, right? And lastly, I think of traffic lights. We know traffic lights. Green means go. Red means stop. Yellow means hurry up, go faster. You know what the traffic light said to the car? Don't look. I'm about to change. As light of the world, we should want others to see how Jesus has changed us. As we have faith in the Lord and love him because he first loved us, we are changed from darkness to light. 
Only by the grace of God, we are changed. We are saved and enlightened by God's word and Holy Spirit. When we think of it, we are just like traffic lights. We go, we slow down, we stop. People see our choices in our lives, how we react in difficult situations, how we act in our workplaces, just how we react in things, even how we act in um, good things. We are always witnesses to others. Verse 16 says, Let your light shine before men, that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Darkness can't turn off the light. There is no dark switch. The light is either off or on. As we have the light from the Lord, our actions should reflect our faith. May we love and live for the Lord and love and reflect God's goodness to others. Let us walk as children of light and shine Jesus. Just let. Let your light shine. As you guys know, Halloween is coming up. It is a time when darkness is celebrated. The cool, scary costumes come out the decorations that portray darkness and death. As we know, the world is already a dark place. We are in a world, in the world, but we are not to be part of the world. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the world. Walk as children of light, Ephesians 5.8. How are we shining our light during this time? We are called to call right, right, and wrong, wrong. We don't want to be the, like those little, not little, we don't want to be like those insect lamps, you know, the ones that the insect goes and it, all of a sudden it hits it, zap, and kills it. We shine the light of Jesus and attracting others, but then smack them overhead with the Bible. You should, you should read this. You should say God loves you. No, we shouldn't do that. Remember, speaking truth in love, Ephesians 4.15, not truth then shove. Yes, we are called not to waver, but to speak truth in love. It doesn't mean to shy away, sugarcoat the truth. Truth is truth. And if you guys even walked up the stairs today, it says it there. God's word is true. Proverbs 4. Or Proverbs 30, verse 5. Just because someone doesn't believe the truth, it doesn't change the truth. Building, build a relationship and speak truth in love to others. Light is needed because the world is in darkness. If our life imitates darkness, we have nothing to show the world. We can never affect the world for Jesus by becoming like the world. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. All right, here we go. We're going to kind of go back to the beginning of verse 3 and even 14. Our fourth point this morning. We are the salt and light and will be, will be used by God. Jesus begins by telling his disciples, you are salt. Then in verse 14, you are light. If you are a believer and follower in Jesus, you are. Jesus never challenges us to become salt, 
or light. He simply said that we are. We are either fulfilling or failing at that given responsibility or calling. Live to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. Since we are salt and light, our lives sh- sh- shouldn't be lived in isolation. We are called to have fellowship and go out in this world. We may think that we're good doing Bible daily devotions, reading, praying with ourselves, which all in itself is great. We should be doing these things. But if we don't introduce and share Jesus with others and living our lives for him, how are we being salt and light to this world? It is just like being an awesome cook or baker, um, like Pharaoh, if all you guys know, awesome cook and baker. Um, you'd eat or you'd cook and bake your yummy food. You'd eat it all up and know how great it is, but you don't share. How are others to know how good it is? We are to share how good Jesus is. As believers and followers of Jesus, we automatically influence others. We make a difference in this world by just being who we are. Just salt, just light. Conduct yourselves as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. The good news is God uses ordinary people with different abilities. 1 Corinthians 1, verses 26 through 29 says, For you see your calling, brethren, that not many wise according to the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put shame to the wise. And God has chosen the weak things of the world to put shame to the things which are mighty. And the base things of the world and the things which are despised God has chosen. And the things which are not to bring nothing the things that are, that no flesh should glory in his presence. So is it God uses you and he gets the glory. You don't need a seminary degree. You don't need to have a lot of money. It doesn't matter what position or rank you hold. God uses you. Today, reportedly, there's more than 14,000 uses for salt. Not only does your body need it to function properly, but salt is used to tan, to dye, to exfoliate your skin, to deodorize. I don't know if anybody tried to really, but to de-ice roads. Um, Also, light has so many colors, different endless, endless brightness. Just light bulbs alone have so many different things. Shapes, sizes, voltage, lumens, wattage, colors. You see, like cool to warm. Going to Home Depot, or we call it Make Man in Okinawa. I don't know what it called here. Navco. Navco. Just that. Just to get a light bulb is so overwhelming. It's just like, I just need a light bulb. Which one do I choose? But be encouraged and know that God has a vast variety of callings for everyone. Jesus told us to be salt and light of the earth. There are some 14,000 uses for salt 
I don't know how many uses for light. There's so many. But God can, wants, and will use you. In John 15, 8, Jesus says, By my Father, by this my Father is glorified, that you hear much, that you bear much fruit, and so you will be my disciples. In other words, it's God's will to use you. You are salt and light. It doesn't matter. Sometime God takes you out of your comfort zone. I'm pretty uncomfortable. Shakes you up, turns you upside down, sprinkles you, or even just pours you out. You are in his hands, and, will you, and he will use you for his glory. As believers and followers of Jesus, we automatically influence others. We make a difference in this world by just being who we are. Just be salt and light. Conduct yourselves as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. Again, if we're doing this, our light, we'll be letting our light shine before men that they may see our good works and glorify our Father in heaven. Then our last point, point five, live to the glory of God and enjoy his goodness and light forever. So we are salt, we are light in this world and we will be used by God what does that mean practically? How do we actually even do that? To be salt and light in the world is to live in such a way that your life reflects Jesus. First, we obviously have to have a relationship with him. We pray. He will do the work in us and draw him closer or draw us closer to him. We read his letter, his letters to us. His Bible, as it was mentioned in the beginning, Jesus lets us know in verses Matthew 5, or chapter 5 in the beginning, um, not Genesis 1. We know it is the Beatitudes. Jesus tells us to be blessed, it is to be poor in spirit, to mourn, to be meek, to hunger and thirst for righteousness, to be merciful and to be pure at heart, to be peacemakers, to rejoice in undeserved persecution. Jesus tells us how to live. He continues actually in Matthew chapter 5, even through chapter 7, and I encourage you to read it, meditate on it, and heed it. He talks about murder brings in the heart, adultery in the heart, the importance of marriage. Let your yes be yes, your no be no. Go the second mile, turn the cheek, love your enemies. There's so much more. I encourage you guys to read that. So let us live to glorify God and enjoy his goodness, and light forever. Let our light shine. Let us be salt. If you're an unbeliever today, here, 
or even watching online, maybe you haven't accepted Jesus Christ. Um, just by the way, you're looking how others live. Mm, the church people are hypocrites. Just, just know that we all fall short. The glory of God. Jesus is the one who is not a hypocrite. He is worthy of our trust, love, worship, and service, and obedience. In John 14.6, Jesus declares, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Look to Jesus to be saved. And for the believers, may we continue to live our lives for him. May we continue to be that salt and that light. May we continue to have fellowship with each other. As I pray, the worship team can come up. We'll end in worship. Father God, I thank you for this time that you allowed us to be in your word. May we continue to be that salt and light that you call us to be. May we rely on you and you alone. You are worthy. You are so faithful. And I pray that if there is anyone who is here or even watching online, that today is the day that they would come to you, Lord. We aren't promised tomorrow, but we are promised forever with you. May they admit, Lord, um, that they need you. And they believe that you died for our sins and you rose again. May we continue to just live for you. And I pray as we go out to this day, Lord, may you shine your light, continue, Lord. I pray all these things in your name, Jesus. Amen.